this feeling of lack or deficiency or stress or dukkha, also translated as suffering, is actually the shadow of the assumption that we are separate entities. And this uh, you know, meditation on the elements was just like a personal experience of the fact we are actually not separate entities. But still, you know, it's a very deep, deep conditioning. Even we know, you know, if we don't breathe for three minutes, we're going to die. There's still that, that experience of I'm separate. And that's like the mystery, really, of uh, life, which we really need to penetrate deeply, deeply on an ongoing basis to, to shift those deeply conditioned patterns, which are you know, a result of our conditioning and again and again pull us into identification with, uh, you know, I am this or I am that and I am in danger and all of those things. So through the you know, meditation tools of uh, Buddhism, we learn to disidentify and we learn to pay attention to particular features of our experience we usually don't pay attention to because we are overwhelmed by the stories we tell ourselves. And those meditation teachings, for example, under the Four Satipatthana, Four Foundations of Mindfulness, help us to step out of that identification with content and to pay attention to structure. Those features of experience which are constantly repeating themselves, any moment, all experiences are impermanent, they are constantly changing. They are empty, empty of a separately existing self. And you know, in order to really break through those filters, we have to bring the mind back, pull the mind out of the stories, pull the mind out of identification with content, and point it towards those particular features. And that's what the meditation teaching is all about, to give us uh, guidance in that way. And as I said earlier, you know, uh, wisdom is experience understood and compassion as well is experience understood and it results in non-clinging. It results in letting be, letting go, opening and allowing the way things are. So the meditations are, are tools for deconstructing and for forgetting oneself, we can say. And, you know, our complex samsaric world, our complex samsaric experience is the result of this deluded view of separation and division, which we experience on two levels. On one level is like individually, you know, I experience myself as separate from you and from nature. <coughs> and on a collective level as a society, as a culture, as a species, we experience ourselves as separate from the biosphere. And both of those uh, assumptions are conditioned patterns of thinking.
and because they are conditioned, they can be deconstructed. Otherwise, if they would be true, there wouldn't be a way out. But there is a way out. And the Buddha's teaching is one uh, way which works. And as I said earlier, you know, when Optik Natan says, uh, we are here to overcome the illusion of our separateness. And if we can really fully uh, acknowledge that this is the reason why we are here, why we are reincarnated on the planet, then uh, it must strike us that this uh, climate crisis is actually a huge mirror, which helps us, you know, to understand what's, what's the issue. What keeps us stuck and points us to the deeper causes of a fundamental delusion which is at the bottom of our worldview. This fundamental delusion that we are separate. And to fundamentally not understanding which conditions can bring true well-being and true happiness and can liberate us from Dukkha. And, you know, according to the Buddha's teaching, as I said before, it's about coming into the present moment, bringing mindfulness, bringing awareness to what's really happening right now and stepping out of those patterns, stepping out of the stories. So mindfulness and awareness is really the central point of the practice and then also, you know, bringing some joy into our lives by recognizing the good fortune we do have, that we do have a teaching, we are part of a Sangha, we do have a direction, we have the refugees. Even you know, in the biggest of storms, in the darkest of nights, we at least we know the right direction to go, and that is the fundamental difference. You know, stepping out of identification and turning the mind towards that which is really happening right now. That opens you know, a path to freedom and lessens our reactivity and you know, helps us to re respond in ways which are constructive, which are healing and through that you know, discover a path which makes sense. You know, even a lot of the experiences might be very difficult and there's a lot of uncertainty. But if we know the right direction to work with this, that makes all the difference. And that is, you know, bringing awareness to what's happening and not getting lost in identification with what's happening. So there's, you know, nothing we need to willfully change, but we need to pay more attention to what is happening and from that paying attention and going under the surface, we start to have more space around experience. 
because that whole, you know, net of delusion which is constructed starts to lighten up through seeing the way things truly are. And, you know, the most uh, powerful entrance gate for that is the perception of impermanence. Just simply paying attention to impermanence in the breathing process or as we you know, before looked into the elements which are constantly exchanged as well. So impermanence, impermanence, impermanence really helps us to see how futile attachment actually is. It can only lead to stress. It can only lead to dukkha. There is no other way. And seeing that, you know, leads to this passion, viraga, Raga is, you know, comes from the word rang, which means to color. And that's like, you know, paying attention to impermanence is like washing out that clinging. But again and again, you know, seeing impermanence as it operates all the time, all around us and inside us. And there is no... where to go, where impermanence doesn't operate. And seeing that, really clearly paying attention to that, washes away the clinging. And then if the clinging, you know, lessens, we have more capacity to really see the way things truly are. We see that things also end. Neuroda, paying attention to the ending of things. And then through paying attention to the ending of things, seeing the whole spectrum of experience, not only, you know, interested in arising, in new things, in young things, in fresh things, in lovely things, but also paying attention to the whole spectrum, to the ending of things. The going away of things. Paying attention to the whole spectrum, the whole process. Even, you know, to the fact that this body will end one day and also this planet, this culture, this civilization, everything is a reason and because it is a reason, it will also end at one point. when we can really let that come into our systems, you know, we gain. In the beginning it might be, it might be kind of meta version, but if we constantly come back to it, it will create more space around experience. And then out of that space, a next step can emerge, which is not born from an outmoded mindset, but which comes out of that empty space, which is created through insight, and clearing out the space, taking away some of those emotional and cognitive filters, and listening you know, to that 
silence to the empty knowing. And seeing what emerges, what is an authentic response for us. And this, you know, this um, sequence I was just speaking about impermanence, dispassion, ending, and letting go, letting be. That's, you know, the last tetrad of the Anapanasati a sequence of 16 steps. That's the classic uh, liberating insight, which is actually quite uh, easy to understand on an intellectual level. Impermanence, letting go of craving, letting passion, uh, washing away of passion, seeing endings and the result, the mind responds with letting go because it deeply sees the futility of grasping onto that which is constantly changing. And that's a process we can't force, but in the scriptures it's compared with a hen sitting on her eggs. She doesn't need to do anything much, but just sitting on the eggs and really doing that properly, paying attention. Or it's also compared with the carpenter's eighth, which has been used over the years, and he doesn't really know, you know, when did it wear out like this, but it did wear out over time. Or the gradual deepening of the ocean. There are different images which give us a feeling how this process works. It's the, the coming back to, the, to those particular features of our experience which normally don't stand out very much because we are too addicted you know, to certain stories which are deeply conditioned, maybe early traumas in our childhood, some cultural stories or whatever. And you know, stepping out of those identifications and paying attention to that which is truly liberating. And that requires training. So, and uh, you know, now we have another um, 15 minutes so we can uh, pay attention to impermanence and to that sequence in our own experience by uh, turning your awareness, turning your mindfulness towards the breathing process. If that works for you and uh, if that doesn't work for you, any other object you like to work with. And settling in.
And whenever the mind wanders off into wanting to think about something, wanting to contract around the pattern, find some feet under the ground, so to say, just gently you know, bring the mind back to present experience, what's really happening, which is body sitting and breathing in and breathing out. Then there's some sound. The, the ventilation system we have on. We are lucky to have that. Can hear the sound of that. It's also permanent. Maybe some thoughts flickering by. Just allowing that flow, putting down all our chambers, and just being the knowing of that flow. Not getting stuck on any of the waves or any of the clouds, but being the ocean, being the sky. You're not splitting off the energy into thinking. Making space for the energy in the body, in the mind, to be what it is. Might be unpleasant, might be a sense of uncertainty, just some craving you know, for something different than what is. And just allowing that to be there, knowing this is impermanent. or some aversion, not wanting something, making space for that to be there, drawing close to that, not needing to change anything, not taking it personal, allowing it to do its thing, have a beginning, a middle and an end, and that is okay. So building the capacity for being with the way things are, not having to interfere all the time, having this uh, big uh, need for comfort, which is actually destroying the planet and bringing a lot of discomfort. Seeing if we can 
built capacity to be with dissonance. That's liberating. And it will uh, loosen up expectations and assumptions about how the things have to be. Those leg projects, which don't work, or work only to a certain degree. And for the remainder, just sit on your own and uh, paying attention to impermanence. And allowing yourself to be changed by that truth. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.